Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Stompcast with me, Dr. Alex George. This is the podcast where I go for a walk with the guests, take a little wander into their life. This week, I'm stomping with Henry Firth and Ian Thiesby, who together make up Bosch. After seven years of eating plant-based food, Bosch have dominated as internet chefs, with more than 17 million views on their YouTube channel. In fact, their combined social content is over two and a half billion views. Pretty incredible. And there's a very good reason for their growth. Not only are they talented as chefs and on-screen presenters, but the number of vegans in the UK has quadrupled between 2014 and 2019. And it's predicted that by 2025, a staggering one quarter of the UK is going to be vegan. So maybe no surprise that they've become so, so popular. I want to know what it's like to be the frontier of this movement. Guys, welcome to the Stompcast. How are you both? Very, very well, thank you, and very pleased to be here having a podcast in a park. In a park that's lovely, the sun's shining. Where are we? Let's give some context. First of all, like, where are we? Then we'll have a little talk about well, who you guys are. Yeah. So we are currently strolling through a very, very sunny Ravenscourt Park, which is just uh, east of Chiswick in West London. And uh, it's a lovely small park and there's lots of dogs here, lots of people running. It's a good, good day. It's a beautiful day. I used to live actually, um, I was saying Henry just before we started, uh, I used to live in, um, in Fulham, just near Craven Cottage, um, yeah. near the uh, Crabtree, for people that know kind yeah. of Fulham area. So, but, but I didn't really, I wasn't aware so much of Ravencourt Park. I didn't, I've not actually been here before, but as, as I've arrived, it's so beautiful. It's such a nice space, isn't it? It really is, yeah. Um, Henry and I actually, we lived together for an awfully long time. We kind of did the full compass mm. of London. And one of the points on the compass was living in Ravenscourt Park about 10 minutes away. So that's why we know about this hidden gem. It is, it is a hidden gem, isn't it? And I suspect that maybe at the weekends, I can imagine it does get busy in here, but perhaps maybe it's a little bit of a gem on the weekends because places like Batsy Park and Hampstead Heath and those kind of places, everyone kind of swarms towards there on a sunny Saturday in London, don't they? Do you pre- is it perhaps a little bit quieter here? I reckon so, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this is pretty chill. They've got basketball. I think there's a gym somewhere, yeah. if you fancy an outdoor workout. There's a tea room that currently um. <laughs> isn't serving tea, but I think they are. They're doing okay, great. But there's a tea room here that I understand will be open soon. So that's nice. nice. There's, there's lots of play areas for kids. It's a good place to come down, I guess, isn't it? with your dogs. Loads of dogs here. Yeah. So clearly a very dog-friendly area. Well, listen, I'm excited to have you on, uh, on the Stompcast. Bosch, I guess you stand for vegan cooking. Um, we've seen your growth over the last few years on YouTube, on Instagram. You just mentioned you've been cooking with... <laughs> none other than Gordon Ramsay very recently. Could you just share with us a little bit of the history of how, how you guys started? Like, how did you meet each other? And how did you create something that has now become such a recognisable brand? And I guess a recognisable entity in terms of people know what you stand for. Where did it all begin? So we've been mates for decades, since we were about 11 years old. We were in secondary school together up in Sheffield. But about 10 years ago, we were living together as flatmates in London. And um, Ian started just cooking vegetarian food as a little bit of a New Year's challenge. I I mocked him 
as you do. <laughs> you know, I wasn't really convinced with these um, these curries that he was cooking that were vegan. Um, them a bit, I was like, come on, what's man, going on in what's here? that? I've got a freezer full of lovely steak, thank you very much. <laughs> um, but then I watched, or we watched Caspiracy together. Yeah. This is the, the film that Caspiracy, basically... Caspiracy, God, that rocked. That, like, that caused such like caused a shake-up. So I think it was one of the first like early big documentaries that I think really caused such a tremor actually, in society. Yeah, it? totally. And Leonardo DiCaprio got behind it and put his stamp of authority on it. And essentially what that documentary told us is that there's a huge link between what we eat and climate change. At that point, I realized Ian was right. I went vegan as well. We found that it was amazing. We felt fantastic. Although shops didn't sell vegan food, it was actually quite easy to make once you adjusted your perspective. So over the, the course of the next year, we both just decided let's spend our life doing this and showing people how to cook plant-based food and do so in like a non-judgy way. Mm. When, when was this? When was this initial kind of time? When did you watch? When did you make the switch, if you like? What year was this? 2015, um, well, 2016, or like that's we a bit earlier than that, perhaps. Yeah, so we watched um, Cowspiracy. It would have been in February of 2015. Yeah. Um, uh, because the, the whole reason that I trialed vegetarianism, because it was going to be a New Year's resolution. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, because at, at that time, I was kind of carrying a bit too much weight, drinking too much booze, eating too much uh, crappy food. So I thought I just needed to, uh, to, to give something better a whirl. And the vegetarian thing made us both feel great. And then we kind of went down the rabbit hole, discovered this word vegan that both of us probably weren't that aware of, because it was quite a while ago now. And uh, just went, you know, hell for leather on it. The reason I ask about the time is because I think it's quite amazing how you started that in 2015 and we're here in 2023 and I know that might sound like a lot of time but to see what you've kind of achieved it, it isn't really and also I guess how much the world's attitude has changed towards veganism and I think it might be a good place to start to talk about it. like what does it mean to be vegan versus vegetarian like why would you know why would someone decide to be vegan as opposed to being a vegetarian if that makes sense yeah so i think the world has definitely completely transformed in that seven or eight years so you could maybe find a linda mccartney sausage in the supermarket but not much else uh, there was nothing in restaurants no vegan options and that was when we started cooking vegan food and there was still this big stigma around the word vegan it was seen as preachy argumentative judgmental militant all of these kind of things and what's been amazing over the last seven years and we've had some part in this but a load of other people have made the change too is we've now got to a place where there are vegan options everywhere from restaurants to supermarkets. People no longer think you're weird or kind of uh, living in a cave if you're eating vegan food or plant-based food as it's now called. It's now very much accepted, very much normal, particularly in major cities in the UK. And um, that's been such a wonderful change over the last seven years. Ian, what do you, like, I guess you started off going, like, right, well, I want to do the, I want to try being vegetarian, and then, you know, you joined in. Why, why become vegan? Like, why, why is the, and are, are you vegan both now? Is that, or you, do you think of it more as plant-based? And the reason I, I'm interested, because often these labels become quite confusing. It's like vegetarian is more being a vegetarian, you know, eating vegetables, but a lot of people will still have the dairy products, potentially, mm. um, and so on, whereas being vegan, you're removing dairy and any animal-based yeah. products as a whole uh -huh. so do you have a mindset around like i want to be specifically vegan do you think it matters are you kind of like okay i'm happy to have milk and does or does it really matter you know for, for someone listening that's kind of curious i guess i mean talk about like things like sober curiosity quite a bit 
mm. if you're if you're vegan curious yeah. what, what are the kind of things you'd say about it in that sense well i think we definitely are both 100 plant-based in the sense that we only eat a plant-based diet but i would also suggest that we have a vegan attitude in the sense that we do this for the benefit of the environment because it's the kindest option for animals and uh, it's actually like pretty good for your health too so i would say that there's definitely two ways to approach plant-based because a lot of people who would describe themselves and as plant-based would probably be going down the personal health route which is absolutely fine but the way to describe plant-based with the word vegan is definitely more about the attitude to the environment and also to animals so i think that we kind of we eat plant-based but have a vegan attitude having said that i would consider us to be very pragmatic though and our attitude is and like our whole sort of mantra at bosch is to help people more, put more plants on their plates um, so if someone you know is eating exclusively meat but they've decided that they want to start introducing more plant-based uh, food onto their plates then we're the one-stop shop for that so we're not, definitely not judgy in any way shape or form i mean we're both from sheffield we both grew up in regular eating households and both of our parents still do eat um, meat but a lot less meat off the back of <laughs> what we do for a living yeah. now um, but yeah like for us it's all about plant-based but if someone just wants to eat more plant-based that's great too I think it's, it's, it's really great that you have that approach to it. And the reason I say that is because, you know, and it's like, it does annoy me, suppose, because I see same kind of conversation happening around sobriety where people go, oh, you're saying about being sober, you're preachy, you're preaching yeah. it. It's like, well, no, I'm just giving an alternative possibility to what yeah. the average and, and, and most of, the, of what mostly people do in the country, like giving an alternative and talking about the benefits of that isn't yeah. necessarily preaching. But it is great that you talk about, like, it's almost like a mindfulness around the eating. It's just being like, okay, maybe I mindfully want to reduce the amount of uh, meat in my diet. How do I add to my plate? Because a lot of diets feel very restrictive. A lot of diets, as soon as you get that mindset of diet, it's often 100% on nothing. Definitely when I was grow like in growing up and through my 20s, if I was like, right, I'm going to do a diet now, it was often extreme. It was often yeah. like, and then I had nothing on my plate. Yeah. It's not the way to live, is it? Like food is, food is such a big part of our life. It should never feel restrictive, should it? Yeah, I think um, there's no such thing as black and white in this world that we live in. So um, when you're looking at even the vegan diet, which seeks to not have any animal harmed during the, the eating or in your living, what you actually find is that's impossible because there'll be some, you know, insects that were harmed in the farming process. So it's kind of impossible to think of it as black and white. It's all just areas of grey. Mm. And I think when you're, when you're thinking about it that way, you should really just be accepting of where everybody is on their own journey. So thinking about climate change, for example, which is a core reason people eat vegan. If you don't fly at all, that's great for the planet. If you fly maybe once in a year, that's a little bit better. And if you're flying every month, that's not great. And it's the spectrum, right? From less impactful to more impactful. And it's the same thing with vegan eating, right? If you're eating a plant-based diet, that is the best diet you can eat for the planet, like scientifically proven. But if you're eating more vegan food, that's great too. And actually there's so many more people that are meat eaters or flexitarians. If all of them were to just eat one less meat-based meal per week, that would have a massive impact. So that's what we're all about, is trying to just get 
more people, normal people, flexitarians, eating more plants. It's a really, it's, it's really interesting because I've done now episodes with a couple of farmers. I had Adam uh, Henson uh, on the podcast, I had Jimmy as well, who um, Jimmy and Jamie have been yes. with Shash for a long time. We've been on Jimmy's podcast. Yeah, we have. Brilliant, yeah. really, really interesting yeah. guys. And, and it's interesting because, again, almost on the spectrum stuff, it's on the other side too. It's not just seeing like all... Okay, I know there's a view that all eating any meat is bad, and okay, if we allow allow that to pause for a moment, you know, there are ways that are more sustainable, perhaps, in terms of the environment, and all of us maybe ha- being mindful around and thinking about, in the first place, reducing is a really good start, but also in a way that still supports our farmers, our British farmers, and, you know, their industries, and, and looking about how, how they can diversify, how we can support them to diversify, yeah. in order to make sure we still have that British heritage, we have that support for British farming, but in a way that's kinder to the environment, isn't it? That's, that's what it feels like everyone's kind of starting to align onto that conversation as to that, that is the direction, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's, it's a really interesting topic and it's one to which there's no single right answer. But I think what's really nice to see is that the world is understanding that plants are just a really efficient way for humans to get calories. And industry is starting to adapt to that and starting to offer these kind of plant-based alternatives and think about farming and think about efficient use of land. I guess the thing about the, um, the animal farming is it's really easy for all of us to agree that factory farming's not great, you know, where you've got these big kind of silos and the animals never see the light of day. I think when you get to your kind of uh, quote-unquote nice local farms, it might feel a little bit more friendly and a little bit more sustainable but it's kind of still an animal mm. that is living and breathing and eating all of, this, all of these plants mm. and living for years, whereas a plant will you know, grow within the course of one year usually. Um, so it's still a less efficient system, but also um, it's just not really scalable for the whole of the United Kingdom to be eating this lovely, locally sourced, grass-reared pork. Yeah. That just doesn't scale up to 60, 65 million people in the UK. So. There's no easy answer, but I think if we could all just try and be a little bit more sustainable with our food choices, we'll find ourselves moving in the right direction. Uh, and, and Ian, um, just before we started this, we said, did you, you know, did you see the news this week mm. and, the, and, mm. the, and then the, and the headlines there from New York? I mean, you were quite, I think, you're quite emotive talking about that. Would you share about what, what's been going on? A lot of people will have seen the news this week and kind of scary scenes from New York. Yeah, Maybe that's... if you could capture a little bit of what's going on out there. Yeah, so as we stand here in early June, um, you can't miss it on the news at the moment where it's basically New York, one of the most, probably the most famous city in the whole world. We're all used to seeing the skyline, the wonderful skyline with the blue sky and the wonderful sea. But right now, because of forest fires that are happening in Canada, the sky is scorched orange and uh, the air quality is worse than any city anywhere else in the whole world. And because all of that smoke that's coming down from Canada is caused by a forest fire, obviously throughout the whole of history there's been lots of forest fires, but there's definitely more forest fires now over the last sort of five, ten years than there has been in the previous 50. And, you know, there has to be some kind of correlation to the global warming, which is a part of climate change. It's so, terrifying. Isn't it's it? pretty it's terrifying. scary. I mean, like last year, last summer, like we were watching on BBC News, like rooftops burning, yeah. houses yes. setting alight because of the heat. And I, I'm sorry, but you know, I'm not. I'm only 32, so I've not been around so so long. Perhaps to have the memory of many 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 decades. But 
I mean, that's not normal, is it? It's bad, really, but it's human nature that often, until things are so close to home, we just don't perhaps have that, it's like a dissonance cognitively, like there's like a gap mm -hmm. between what you see and going, this really is a problem for us. It's like a human thing, isn't it? And when you're like, this is happening, like, 15 miles away from where I live, you go, oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder, like, you know, for a lot of New Yorkers, I mean, there's been all over the news, they've had to cancel outside shows and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's been a real shock, I think, for them as well, to be like, the air quality's almost, un it's, it's awful out there. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think we should loop back very quickly to the positive things we can do because I think you know, sometimes there's so much news out there that can make you feel really depressed and sometimes a little bit powerless. Mm -hmm. And actually the opposite of that is being able to feel that you have control and be able to do something even in a small way. And I guess that's a big part of why you started Bosch. That's like, why we do what we do. That's what you do what you do. And, and let's talk a little bit, why, why the name? Why did you decide, what, what does Bosch mean to you? So we, uh, yeah, we, we wanted to create this channel. We wanted to show people how to cook plant-based food. We wanted to really push that message that plant-based food can be delicious and fun and exciting. Of course, we do it for ethical reasons, um, mainly the planet, but actually we didn't want to like laden it with this really boring sustainability message because it is quite boring to talk about. Mm. Although it's important that we're aware of it, it's not fun. And we wanted a channel that was fun. So for us, you know, Bosch, bish bash Bosch, whack it in a pan. It just felt simple. It felt easy. It felt kind of attainable something that would appeal to men and women because we wanted to make vegan food cool for men too. And it also, uh, you could say it stands for Boys of Sheffield because uh, <laughs> okay, we're nice. both Sheffield lads. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I mean, look, you know, again, as I said earlier, you know, the, the growth you've had is, is huge. And I think part of that is obviously, look, you're, you're amazing what you do. You're both very engaging people. You create fun content, and, but also, for content to be successful, it needs to be in the right time, in the right place, doesn't it? I.e. Mm -hmm. people need to be open to that idea. And I, I guess it must be really rewarding for you to go, gosh, we've started Bosch and, mm -hmm. um, and people really want this. That, that must feel quite amazing, right? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. When we first started out, we, um, we released, we filmed 20 videos in one three-day shoot period oh, in, in the carnage <laughs> yeah, it was, it was seriously that uh, carnage we, we filmed it at basically oh. the hottest time of the year in a relatively small flat with massive lights that were warming the place up so it wasn't the best environment but it was quite fun and exceptionally productive but once we had that shoot out of the way we got the edits in we had the videos ready and then we reached out to an awful lot of like pages on facebook things like people like 
PETA, um, Mercy for Animals, Animals Australia. And we basically said, listen, we've got this vision of putting more plants on people's plates and we want to educate people uh, on how easy it can be to cook plant-based food via the medium of social media video. We've got all of these videos. We're gonna stick them on this page called Bosch. Will you help us out by sharing them on your pages? And of course they said yes, because ultimately what we're trying to do is very, very good. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's fundamentally a good thing. So um, when we posted our first videos out there, they kind of went viral. Um, one, because the content was good. Uh, and two, because we had these sharing partners in place. And within, I think it was six weeks, we had 100,000 people following us on Facebook. And from then, it just kind of rolled on and on and on. And um, yeah, it's been a, a wonderful journey to the point now where we can say we've had two and a half billion views of our videos on oh social my media. Gosh, that's so, absolutely, that yeah, is man, that's absolutely, good. that is, wow, it's incredible. It's amazing to see. What, what I really love is that seeing people who have decided to do something because they're passionate about it and then created a living and a lifestyle out of something they care about. And that's the beauty for any business. Mm. And it is business and as like well. yourself. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I mean, like for, the same for me. Like, you want to have a purpose and a passion in life, yeah, and if you yeah. can earn your living out of it, fantastic. Yes, yeah, fantastic. I've, I, um, I've got uh, a little thing that I like to say about that, and it's called pragmatic altruism. I see. So it's got to be sustain, almost like sustainable, like altruism. You can't just go, yeah. right, I'm going to go and save the world. You need to actually still be able to eat. Yeah, uh, exactly. Excuse the pun. So and, to, to and, set, up yeah. a, set up a business uh, that is like fundamentally based on something that is good and helps more people is the perfect way to operate. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And also you, you, along the way, you, you elevate other people around you. You have your education of the people that are obviously you're creating content for, and you're also employing people and building something yep. that is, yeah, that is genuine, like beneficial to everyone. Guys, we're going to end part one there. Um, in part two and three, I'd like to dive into. There's two big threads I'd like to go into. First of all, a bit more into like the journey of how did you actually create this, and how, what did you learn in the process of, you know, creating a business around this and the content and the on-screen skills and those kind of things. Because a lot of people are interested in content creation mm. these days. So it'd be great to talk to you more about the kind of journey and the skills and things that you've learned, but also tips that for people who want to be more plant-based or indeed become vegan, like how do you go from a meat-based diet to actually being vegan in a way that doesn't feel like you're losing out on pleasure and enjoyment? Great, we can help with that. Brilliant, we'll see you back in part two. See you then. If you're listening to this part as it comes out, podcast will be released in three parts on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday each week. If you want access to all the episodes and Behind the Stomp all together on Sunday, then subscribe on Apple Podcasts. See you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.